This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. I am Helen Farmer. Great to have you with us on the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. We're talking about some of my favourite things on the show today. We are joined by Dr. Michelle Ensling, speaking about cats being masters of disguise, hiding pain hiding when they're injured, and of course answering your questions as well. Healthy Hania discussing postpartum, the fourth trimester, and getting back to where you want to be in a healthy way. How do you balance a full-time job with a startup? We asked the founder of Trey Bay and an art of travel on hand with some brilliant bargains, some luxury for not as many dirhams as you might think. This is Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan, groundbreaking science, life-changing nutrition. Now, we are here for you. When I say we, I don't mean me. I mean Dr. Michelle Enslin. She is a vet product manager and technical manager for companion animals at the Burrow and Engelheim Animal Health in South Africa. And I so enjoyed our chat last time. I feel like she is compassionate and funny and kind and obviously very clever when it comes to all aspects of animal care. So a great chance to pick her brains really on anything that might be bothering you about the health or behaviour of your animal. And already lots of messages for you, Dr. Michelle. How are you? I'm great, Helen. Thank you so much for having me back. You are um, so I'm welcome. so excited and happy to be here. Well, I hope you've had a little pre-show coffee because we're going to keep you very busy uh, between uh, between now and five o'clock. But before we go to the text line and indeed the phone line, we've had a, a number of phone calls as well. We're having a special look at, well, cats being the masters of disguise, I suppose. Um, not Not talking Halloween, but really how they are so good at masking their behaviour um, if they're in pain or if they've been injured. Um, what are some of the telltale signs that you might notice in an animal and that, you know, as pet parents can be tuned into as well that might be unusual? Yeah, for sure, Helen. Well, you know, the first thing, I guess, uh, that I would want to mention is something that we learned when we were still at vet school. And the most important thing that they would always tell us about cats is that cats are not small dogs. And what that means is that they don't display symptoms in the same way that dogs do, especially when they are suffering from chronic illnesses. Because they are small and they are by design animals that like to hide and become aloof problem with that is that it becomes very difficult for a regular pet owner to not notice certain symptoms of disease. For an example, and this is just one example, is with arthritis. Uh, Cats suffer from arthritis just as often as, as dogs do, but they won't show symptoms the same way a dog will. They won't be limp. They won't um, have any kind of lameness or limpness in any of their limbs. Uh, they might just be. It might be something as subtle as hesitation to jump onto a counter, mm-hmm. and those types of symptoms are things that only a really astute um, cat owner will notice. And that's what I mean about hiding signs of disease: is that they tend to just become a bit quieter and hide a little bit more, and then owners just think that they're being a cat, and that's actually not typical behaviour of a cat that is healthy. And they often physically hide when injured as well, um, which presumably then has a, a knock-on effect to all sorts of things, you know, toileting, eating, interactions, grooming and things like that. When when should you start to be kind of thinking, mm, are you just having some quiet cat time or is this perhaps a sign of something a bit more serious? I always say, Helen, that you as a pet owner or anybody that is a pet owner knows their animal the best. So if you notice that your cat is not displaying normal behaviors that a cat that you know would regular dis- regularly display, then definitely take that cat to the vet, even if it's something as subtle as having a bit of a quieter day. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that's when the real problems start. And one of the biggest challenges with cats and veterinary medicine for that matter is that cats will only start to show symptoms of disease when it's almost too late and the kidney or the, the, the organ has already suffered a significant amount of irreversible damage. And by that time, the amount that a, that a veterinarian can do is quite limited. Mm-hmm. So you actually want to really, really examine your cat. So any kind of displays of behavior that are even remotely unusual, you, you need to 
pay attention to that. And even if your cat is 100% well, it's really important that you take that animal in for regular checkups at the vet at least once a year and more frequently if your cat is over the age of seven years old. So th- I think that's exactly right. And it's, it's obviously Breast Cancer Awareness Month and we're talking a lot about you know early detection, save lives. This is absolutely the case when it comes to our furry friends as well. And, you know, cats, as you're saying, kind of masking those signs of illness or injury until can often be quite advanced. So with it, with early detection, with regular screenings, especially as those pets do get older, what kind of things are you screening for? So one of the most common conditions that we see in older cats is a condition called chronic kidney disease. Super common. One in three cats will suffer from that disease. Nobody really knows what the cause is, but they only show symptoms once 65 to 75% of the kidney is already completely irreversibly damaged. And so early screening um, is really important for that. So you need to take your cat off to the vet and then they check your cat's urine and they might do a little blood test just to check the integrity of your cat's kidneys. And that can truly be a lifesaver and really help to improve your animal's quality of life and hopefully give them even more years. Keep them around for a bit. Really amazing. Yeah. Dr. Michelle is with us this afternoon, ready to take your questions. We are going to go to the text line next. Um, We've got a question about a hamster who's got a tooth that keeps overgrowing, needs to be cut and filed every month. Is it normal? What can be done? Ravi says, a friend is imposing his male cat on me for 10 days. Never had a cat. Help. What do I do? <laughs> We're going to be talking cat sitting 101. Um, and uh, puppy yoga. What are her thoughts on that as a vet? Lisa saying amazing experience, highly recommended. But what does Dr. Michelle think? We'll find out next. This is Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan. Your chance to get expert advice live without having to make an appointment, get your cat or dog into the car. Um, and it might be an expert second opinion you need. It might be some general advice for pet care and ownership. And who better to ask then than Dr. Michelle Enslin, who is an expert in companion al- uh, companion animals at the Boehringer Angelheim um, Animal Health in South Africa. Lots of questions for you, Michelle. Um, let's start with Lisa, who's saying, um, I did puppy yoga with the Stray Dog Centre. Amazing experience, highly recommended. What do you think about things like that as a vet? I think that puppy yoga is amazing. I think it's the most wonderful idea. Um, Animals, there's actually a lot of scientific research that shows that um, spending a lot of time with animals helps to reduce your cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone in the body. And that's why it's paired or marries so beautifully with yoga, because we know what yoga can do for one's mental well-being and stress levels and all of that. So from a veterinary perspective, as long as those puppies are well cared for and are having fun and they love being with people, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's wonderful. I We rescued a dog about, my goodness, about 10 years ago and she was a very anxious old thing. She was eight when we adopted her and I took, I'm so embarrassed to say it, we took her to a gong meditation session <laughs> and she loved it. Totally chilled her out and I think I don't know. I feel like a lot of people right now are really kind of feeling on the edge and feeling quite stressed and to take the time to just put the phone down, cuddle up with your pup, a little a little cuddle with your cat if they're a cuddly one. It can it can do absolute wonders. It really, really can. To the text line, let's start with Ravi, who sounds, if you don't mind me saying so, a bit panicked, saying a friend is imposing his male cat on me for 10 days. Never had a cat. Help. What do I do? I've got so many questions um, about the circumstances I know. around this. <laughs> um, I mean, I think well, it's with the obvious. That he's... <laughs> Go on. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm assuming he's been asked to, to, to cat sit for him, which um, is wonderful news. I think that he shouldn't be panicked at all. Um, probably the top tips, if you're going to have a cat that you've never had before, make sure there's lots of litter boxes. The general rule for litter boxes in the house is one per cat plus one. So there needs to be two litter boxes in the, in the in the house, and then there needs to be ample access to or free access to water and um, fee and food as well. Depends if that cat is an ad lib feeder. So some cats like to regulate their own appetites and nibble at food whenever they want, and others have strict meal times. So he needs to ask his friend about what the feeding 
regimen is for that cat and, and then and in medicine just enjoy as well, that cat as well. Yeah. what about I mean and I ask this of anyone who might be you know relocating moving house and trying to get a cat settled into a new environment um, anything from home that can help them settle in or you know plugins and things like that that you know Ravi might might find useful for calming said cat down Oh, yes, for sure. So catnip is the first thing that comes to mind, readily available. Most cats absolutely love it. It's very calming for them. You can also get these types of hormone or pheromone diffusers that you plug into the walls and they emit pheromones that help to keep the cats calm and happy. We often will have them plugged into cat wards in the hospitals as well. That's part of like the new age way of managing cats that are even sick or distressed in any way. So that would be a top top recommendation for me as well Ravi keep us posted please I almost want you to live tweet this whole experience over the next 10 days but good luck and we are here for you if you need us um, let's go to the phone line 04871 same as the WhatsApp that's a way to get in touch with your photos with your messages and to win that fantastic hamper from Perina Pro Plan as well message here from Jen who seems to have a bit of a picky cat I have a two year old cat And I'd like to know why she prefers one brand of cat food. I tried to buy different kinds for her to try, but she only eats one single brand. I want to know why. Because she's a cat and she's probably got expensive tastes if uh, the cats I've met in my time have got anything to go by. Um, We kind of think a lot that as humans, you know, we like to have variety in our diet. And that's not necessarily the same for animals, Michelle. What's what's your take on on Jen's cat? Uh, You know, what is palatable for cats is actually quite a science, I have to say. Um, It's not necessarily about the type of protein, actually. It's more around the smell. So if your cat is being fed a diet that has a very strong smell, then more than likely he or she will be most attracted to that one because cats are obligate nasal breathers, so they can only breathe through their nose. And as a result, all of the smells and all of the dictations for taste come through the aromas from the food. Um, So that's probably one of the most important aspects. There's also some breed predispositions to cats being picky. So if there is Burmese or Persian reeds mixed in there, then there might be some genetic predisposition to being picky as well. So there's loads of different theories about why cats are picky eaters, but a lot of it has to do with the smell of the food. So if it's got a strong fish smell, for an example, that's usually super super attractive for them. Oh, thank you for that. The science. Right, we're going to stay on the phone line. Uh, this is from Vadin about a bit of a toothy hamster. Hi, Dr. Michelle. We have a hamster who's about a year old. Uh, we need to constantly every month file his uh, bottom tooth because it grows all the way to the top and pierces his uh, the top of his mouth. He doesn't have a tooth up there to naturally grind it down. Is this normal? Is there a more permanent solution rather than, you know, the excessive bills and the pain to the hamster and the disruption of his life and his eating habits each month when it grows and pokes him. Oh, poor little soul. And poor you guys as well, having to deal with this on a regular basis. Have you heard of this before, Michelle? So yes, overgrown teeth in rodents like rabbits and guinea pigs and hamsters is fairly common as well, especially for your domestic your domestic rodents because they're obviously not working to grind down those teeth as much as a wild rodent would. Um You know, because I'm hearing that this tooth is piercing the top of this animal's mouth, I would be really worried about inflammation and infection getting in there. So if it were me, I would probably explore the possibility of actually having that tooth extracted, surgically Mm -hmm. removed. Um, It is a little bit of a risk because those little rodents are really sensitive to anesthesia, more so than dogs and cats. So it is more of a risk to anesthetize them. But if you find a good specialist exotic vet, then I don't foresee that being too much of a problem, especially if it's going to improve your your little hamster's quality of life. So that would be my recommendation. Ask about having that tooth extracted. 
Thanks, Michelle. Superstar as ever. We have got questions about hormonal Pomeranians. Um, are vaccinations necessary? Lean's uh, counting the dirhams and is wondering what she can do to cut some costs here. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of cat questions. You're listening to Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan, where the number one ingredient is always high quality salmon, lamb, turkey and chicken. It is appointment listening for all of you animal lovers across the UAE, pets and vets. And joining us live on Teams is Dr. Michelle Enslin. She is a product manager, technical manager um, for companion animals at the Boringer Ingelheim Animal Health in South Africa. So very much on hand to help with some really open-hearted, non-judgmental, sensible expert advice. And many of you getting in touch, unsurprisingly, because you get... You get some advice about having to leave the comfort of your home and your car. You don't need to make an appointment. But every message, every photo, story, question or worry will automatically put you into the draw to win a... It's not just a goodie bag. It's enormous, this thing. I've seen it in the office. It's like a household bin full of food and treats, supplements, um, toys and more from Purina Pro Plan. Um, Arslan's been in touch saying, I've got a Pomeranian, a year old. Sometimes it's becoming difficult to handle him as I guess he's going through some hormonal changes I need some advice. I don't know if this dog has been neutered. Um, so I guess that would be a, a starting point question. But with one-year-olds, is this, are these are terrible teens? Yeah, so um, small breed dogs tend to reach sexual maturity a little bit earlier than large breed dogs. So probably around 10 to 12 months is when I would say this doggy is busy transitioning from a pup into an adult. So I'm not surprised to hear that there are some uh, behavioral issues that are getting in the way of, um, you know, bonding with this little dog. Uh, my advice would be to just give it a little bit of time, um, try to establish good behavioral boundaries with this dog and make sure that you are still, um, you know, being quite firm with your with your nose so that this dog learns those boundaries as much as possible and that will hope that will hopefully be able to correct those behaviors later on. Um, absolutely, yes. Sterilization or desexing is really important for animals though, that age because that helps to curb certain behaviors, especially in your adult male dogs when they reach that age. I love a good euphemism. Curb certain male behaviors. Just a bit of... Leg, <laughs> leg mounting. Um, hope that helps, Arslan. If you do want to share some more information, by all means, do get in touch. Um, Lean's been um, on the text line saying, Hi both. Our eight-year-old big fluffy girl used to be vaccinated annually, um, but I've enjoy- avoided that the last two years due to cost. How important is it? She's an inside cat most of the time. Can I get away with over-the-counter flea or worm treatments and not have the annual vaccinations? We've been having a lot of visitors um, sneaking around and I'm a bit worried about that. Um, what can we do? Yeah, so if there are a lot of visitors, i.e. I'm assuming those are those are other, <laughs> other animals that yes. are floating around, then absolutely um, vaccination is still important. Uh, it does depend on what the Dubai regulations are in terms of how often you need to vaccinate. But in South Africa and for the rest of the world, annual vaccination is required or every three years. So I would say if you want to miss a year or two here and there, for an eight-year-old cat, then it would be okay, but at least every three years from now on, at least to go to the vet for an annual checkup. Remember, as I said, those vaccinations, those visits are more than just for vaccinating. Those visits are important to make sure your cat is in tip-top shape and healthy and you're not missing out on any symptoms that maybe you're not seeing. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah, and also, still a trip to the vet. And on the very practical side, if you are looking to, you know, take the cat in for boarding at any point all of these places will be asking for this paperwork so I understand I think a lot of people have found themselves in a similar position not just here in Dubai but internationally in terms of mounting costs but I think that's a really good point Dr Michelle about the early screening you know going in for checkups to avoid mounting costs and and ill health down the line Um, I love this question from Daisy um, saying a very dear friend is getting her first dog she's been planning this for years and finally adopting and bringing him home at the weekend she's been wonderfully generous with her time and money for me so I'd like to do something special for her and get her her or her dog a present but I've no idea what to get any ideas that's so lovely I mean I actually that's gonna totally oh. depend on the dog and my first thought was like a lovely kind of custom dog bed or a nice cushion or something like that what what do you think would be a useful or not even useful just a lovely present for a, a, an excited new dog parent 
You know, I I have been seeing online quite a lot of really cool, um, what's the word, like personalized doggy items. So you can have a dog bed embroidered with a doggy's name or even a collar that's been specifically embroidered with that doggy's name. And I think that's a really nice personal touch and still also really functional as well. Mm. So I think you need to find the balance between thoughtful and also practical for that dog and for that little pup. So I would say try and go for like personalized um, dog paraphernalia, shall I call it, and, and, and see how that goes. Yeah. And also cool toys. Like there's so many amazing yeah. toys out there that I think a puppy would just love because most young dogs are toy driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really important high value resource for them over and above food. It often is. Um, I'm just trying to think of some good local companies, Daisy. There's a lovely one called Howl and Growl here. They do gorgeous leads and collars. And um, I saw they've got some, you know, Halloween clip-ons and kind of fun stuff as well, but really great quality. I think that's that's what you want. You want to be choosing things that are dogs, dog safe and uh, and will last a long time. Oh, what a lovely, what a lovely question. Um, no name on this one saying my Labrador Dodo, great name, um, doesn't usually eat anything she shouldn't, which is odd for a Labrador, but ate a foil cupcake wrapper yesterday that I dropped on the floor. I'd already eaten the cupcake. I am concerned as it was a foil one, not paper. She's had a bit of a dodgy tummy today and I'm convinced it's going to cause an obstruction. Am I right to be worried? Should I just keep an eye on her? Other than dodgy tummy, she's her usually zoomy bonkers self thank you um helen how old did you say that that doggy was doesn't say i'm afraid oh does it not say because if it was a young pup then i might be concerned about an obstruction just because of the size of the intestinal tract versus the size of the dog but if it was a large um already adult breed dog then i wouldn't be like terribly concerned about an obstruction but if he already has a dodgy tummy then we know that it's definitely causing him some sort of upset or maybe a bit of inflammation the body doesn't like to have anything foreign in it so if that dog has not passed that foreign object within the next eight hours i would say then definitely to the vet in foil cups will fluoresce on on x-ray and then they might be able to pick up exactly where it is sitting in the intestinal tract and then with that information be able to track whether it will cause an obstruction on it peace of mind peace of mind okay wishing you you both all the best there right we're going to try and squeeze in a couple of questions um a message here saying we've recently got a microchip cat flap but our two just won't use it the girl cat just sits outside crying uh the boy cat is scared of the click noise any tips (laughs) that's from lisa Those cat flap things, uh, it's a wonderful idea, I have to say, but only um, really, really well-trained cats that respond to behavioral cues that you are giving to them and spending a lot of time training them will actually work, in my opinion. Um, My own cat did not respond to a microchip cat, and I know that a microchip responsive cat flap, and I know how expensive they are, so it is a little bit disappointing. Um, I would recommend that they contact an animal behaviorist or a, or a, or a cat trainer, uh, and they would be able to give them some real nice tips about how to properly train that cat to use the microchip reader. Um, it's probably a little bit more than what I am qualified to do because those behaviorists um, and animal trainers, they have got loads of techniques, yeah. Now, we heard from Ravi earlier, who's got 10 days of what sounds like quite reluctant cat sitting ahead of him. Um, Again, anonymous message here. So I can't put you into the draw, but we can hopefully help you with this situation saying, my friend flew abroad three nights ago and we agreed to look after the dog. A small one, well-trained for two weeks, partly as to let us decide if we should get one for ourselves. The dog is perfectly happy but we are not. We've got three young kids and the dog has barked um, all night, every night. Last night, I got zero sleep. Um, The dog was tossing and turning and has to sleep in our bed. During the day, the dog follows me constantly when I go to the loo, sits outside barking, delivery comes barking. Children are becoming afraid of him now. Um, We don't want to bother our friend and just need to get through the next couple of weeks. Any advice, please help. I mean, I am always going to look on the bright side. It sounds like it might have crystallized your thoughts on getting a dog, <laughs> you know, in terms of maybe, maybe not for you, um, which um, can be incredibly useful. But this, this this dog has obviously found himself in a very unfamiliar situation. And, something, you know, she's saying there, dog is perfectly happy, but we're not. Yeah, it sounds to me like this dog has got some separation anxiety, which is not 
typical in every dog. So I don't think that this person should be despondent now that this is now the the absolute ambassador for all other dogs in the world, that this is going to happen when they get their own animal. It's going to completely unfamiliar environment, exactly as you say. My recommendation is rather than telling the owner, go to the vet and ask for some over-the-counter calming meds. There's loads of natural alternatives um, and herbal products that are available that can really, really help to curb that that anxiety that this dog is obviously really battling with. And in my opinion, I think they could also give it a couple of days and it might actually calm down once it's used to its environment. Lots of cuddles. And I hope that, um, and you know, we've mentioned this on the show before, but do not leave your kids unattended with an animal, especially one that they're not familiar with. So keeping some good, some good boundaries there with crates or doors or whatever it's going to take. Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to steal you away from, uh, from your afternoon, but um, really do appreciate it. We'd love to have you back and wishing you a wonderful afternoon ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to be here. Take um, care. Yeah, it's such a treat. So Thanks, thank you lovely. for having me. Bye. Bye now. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Now, we live in a world where many of us uh, choose to share our lives online, be it with family, friends, strangers, celebrities, however, haven't got much of a choice. They share it with the whole world. And with that comes an awful lot of pressure to look good from A-listers to your friends and family, especially after giving birth, those pressures feel pretty real. Now, Hania Mahmood is a holistic weight loss weight. <laughs> you can tell I haven't had my pre-show diet coke. Holistic weight loss coach for mums, but also for women in general, encouraging people to lose weight in a healthy way. No crash dieting, no unrealist expectations, no bouncing back within. Oh, goodness, the bouncing back. Now, you can find her online at Healthy Hania, and she's a mum of three. Thank you so much for being with us. So how old are your boys, and what was that kind of postpartum period like as you went through giving birth to three? Yeah, hi, Helen. Thank you for having me. Um, so my boys are 11 and a half, nine, and four and a half. And to be quite honest, um, it does make a little bit of a difference like how old you are when you have your kids so Tell my first <laughs> so my first was kind of just it kind of came off you know I was under 30 and the weight sort of melted off and then every time around it was a bit more and more difficult and so I discovered fitness after my second baby where I was really struggling to lose the weight and that really inspired me um to become a trainer actually and inspire other women you know lead them to show them the way how to do the right thing but the problem that I found with the fitness industry was that it was really not very mommy or female centered. I could not agree more. So it's very... Um, and it's, it's emotional at that time. Exactly. Oh, so first of all, as, a, as an expert, I do not recommend any measures to be taken like within the first few months. Like, I, I don't know if you're aware of the fourth trimester, which is, a you know, an expression in the holistic health arena. And what that means is that basically that fourth, you know, the, the the couple of months after you give birth, you have to adjust to this new life. Not just you, the baby as well, because the baby is just used to your womb. That's been his home, right? His or hers. And so you need to give that time to adapt mentally, emotionally and physically, mm -hmm. both, both parties. And if you sort of... Um, you know, rush too much in that or take measures which are, uh, you know, if you're if you're challenging yourself with like extreme, like just even dieting period, forget extreme, yeah. then you're not only you're going to uh, be in a worse mood, but it's not going to be helpful for the for regaining your strength back. And, and also can be harmful to kind of bonding with that baby. You know, I, I honestly, I've had two daughters. I'm, I have no plans to do it again. But if I was to, I would... I would be on that sofa, I would be in that bed, I would be resting, 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 which is absolutely the case in some cultures, you know, being taken care of at home, being massaged and wrapped. And I remember going to take my firstborn to a weigh-in at a, at a clinic and it was like a bit of a mummy meetup and I felt that pressure to be, oh, you know, I'm going to put a dress on and I'm going to go meet other mums because that's what I should be doing. I need to make mum friends, you know, this is the, <laughs> kind of the, the priority. And I think, I think she was six days old and the midwife... You know, took her, took us into a little side room and weighed her, and she was. I remember so vividly. She kind of took my wrist and was like, "And how are you?" And I lost it. Like Aww. I was just like, "I am not okay." 
Um, and, you know, just a few minutes ago, she was like, oh, I think, you know, Helen's here with the youngest baby. Welcome, Phoebe. Isn't she doing amazing? She's like, Helen, honestly, if you want to go home and watch Grey's Anatomy in, <laughs> in your pyjamas for the next two weeks, you're a, that's okay. And I didn't realise that that was okay because I, I felt like I had to be in the world, makeup on, being like, you know, smashing it. Do, do, do. Six days after giving birth. And yes. my goodness, I would do things differently now. But do you think, is that quite a common thing you hear? This, yeah, hundred percent. This, this I is think, who I am. You know, it's what I'm going to do. Yeah, with the with the pressures, especially of like celebrity pressures, social media. There's this um, image that you know to be the perfect woman, you have to sort of get back into your genes, like ASAP. And you know, I want to just point out, like the celebrity culture. Um, first of all, they do have means that most uh, ordinary women Pers- don't have. Personal chefs, personal trainers. <laughs> but um, besides that, one thing that we don't know is that we don't know actually what's happening behind the scenes. Like we're not looking at their internal health. Just because somebody looks good on the outside and has a size zero or whatever it is, doesn't mean that they're not suffering mentally or internally, physically. Like, you know, they a lot of the stuff is that's not like attractive right to note to tell the media so they real. hide that exactly real. so it's really not we shouldn't go by image unfortunately this is a very uh, social media culture now which mm-hmm. and and I think that's great that you recognized and, and it's funny because just a mom who has given birth sometimes that's all that you have to do is ask her how are you you know when someone looks you in the, in the eye and you go how are you and you're like don't look me in the eye I'm fine I'm not fine and I, I really i I really wasn't fine. And funny, I didn't wear jeans for like, I don't know, a year and a half. There was nothing structured going on in my life. I was like, no, I've got eight pairs of black leggings. Um, I want to find out next a little bit about some of the research you did in doing things in a different way from fitness to eating, breathing and more. Um, If you want to share your story or indeed any questions, Hania Mahmoud is with us this afternoon. You can contact us on 4001. Did you feel under pressure or did you turn off your Instagram? Let us know. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Talking health now with Hania Mahmoud. She is a weight loss coach in a holistic sense, really having a bit of a a bit of a journey after she had children to find a way that worked for her and is now on something of a mission to help share that with other people in the community. So can I ask about some of the research you did then after giving birth to try and and I'm I'm banning the phrase bounce back, but to feel healthy and strong again. Yeah, so like I like I was saying, um, uh, I, I discovered the world of fitness, which was amazing. I think everybody should um, get involved in uh, some form of weight training, resistance training, cardio exercise. That is just good for your for your general health. Now, the problem with that is that when you get into that for weight loss. Um, most people don't realize that you can't exercise the same way the whole time of the month mm-hmm. as a female. Um, we work on a very diff- different uh, hormonal pattern than men, and that influences our capabilities and energy levels. And we need to be, for optimal health and weight loss, we need to be sort of in tuned with those patterns. So, for example, um, if we talk about like sort of like a four-week cycle, typically for a, for a female, the first two weeks are going to be the, the, the time of the month where you will have the most energy, you will have high, higher levels of estrogen, um, you can do your cardio, your spinning, those kind of exercises and then the next two you could do more sort of like uh weight training but not like kill yourself in the gym either no beast mode so and and that's really you know people feel that maybe we're at a disadvantage but there's so much um beauty in actually following the cycle of of nature um because you find a way to optimally function in society not just as uh, you know, as a mother, but as a as a human, whatever your your you know purpose in life is, you find a way to um, you know make that parallel to your to your hormonal patterns. So inward work is really, for example, the the last two weeks of your cycle is a great time to do a lot of like uh, retro- retrospection work, like journaling, thinking like about your month, how it's gone, like what you'd like to do differently, like those kind of, because that's necessary to actually evolve in life, whether mm-hmm. it's on a personal level or like a physical. I've never heard anyone in Dubai talking before about kind of exactly the, exactly what you're talking about. When you are at 
you're you know you're most energetic when you might be that you're more reflective and of course it makes sense but we we book in these you know I must go you know I, I run every day or I must do my cardio three times a week and and perhaps not listen to our body in the same way and perhaps don't get the results we want as a result of that. Yes, Helen, 100%. And that's the thing. If you overdo your cardio, for example, um, you know, the week or so before your your cycle starts, you will be really depleted. Mm -hmm. That's a time where you actually can indulge into more carbohydrate foods and, you know, sort of like, I'm not saying just go to McDonald's or something. But, um, there, you know, we have to, the bottom line is we need to be self-aware. We have to understand what our bodies need. Is it rest? Is it play? Is it exercise? And to do that, we need to quiet the noise around and sort of... <laughs> how, honey, how, how do we quiet the noise? We quiet the noise by, well, there's several ways to quiet the noise. But the, the first one I would say is one word, stillness. And it doesn't have to be like two hours of stillness a day. It could start off with just five minutes, like after you drop off your kids, make it part of your daily routine to just sit outside, maybe on your balcony or wherever you're comfortable and just no podcast, no music, maybe the radio. Uh, you can catch up with me on the podcast if you miss me. <laughs> and and just, just see what comes up. Just see what you're feeling because, you know, our body sometimes, not sometimes, our body is always trying to communicate with us. It's trying to tell us, you know, people struggle with illnesses um, when they're 50, for example, because they didn't listen to their body's signals when they were 20 or 30, mm -hmm. etc. And you've worked with clients talking about some of the reasons they might have gained weight and kept that weight on, which might not be the, you know, the expected reasons. And that can be trauma, anything you've been through in your childhood. So there is an awful lot to unpack. And I think a, a really common trap that a lot of people feel you know, fall into, especially new mums, is that that worked for her, so that's going to work for me. And we are all on different, we're all on different paths, we're all different, our hormones are doing all different, it's, it's, it's just not comparable. And that's why I think kind of, as you say, really kind of tuning in. Um, we, we've run out of time. However, what I would love to talk to you about in the future is Ayurvedic, because I know this was a big part of what you did. And I think, I guess a little bit more about self-care and self-compassion. You know, women give birth, all the time but that doesn't mean it's not a significant thing for your body to go through and I don't think we kind of honor that enough yeah and can I add something real quick about that so you know when you're talking about uh, women who who have given birth um in traditional holistic medicine we just we there's this concept of life force which is energy like in in you know easy terms, um, or, or chi, it depends which, you know, culture you're coming from. And when we give birth, we do deplete some of that in the process, no matter whether it's a C-section or whatever, natural birth, etc. And so it's so important to actually um, regain your life energy, your life force energy, so you can be healthy in the next 10, 20, 30 years. And if you don't rest, you're just going to keep depleting it because you're not giving your body enough time to regain that. And one beautiful way to regain that, which is free of cost, is actually to just um, be more connected to your baby. So babies are uh, like... a but exploding, you know, bubble of life force, like they've just been born, you know. Um, and so the more you cuddle with them, the more you connect with them, the longer you nurse them. It's just amazing for our health, our youthfulness, even like we don't realize how it just doesn't only prevent um, diseases, but we actually get younger the more we nurse our babies. <laughs> Anyone who prescribes a baby snuggle and a, and a sniff of a newborn's head is good by me. <laughs> Hania, thank you so much for your time. If anyone does want to find out more about what you do, work with you as well, um, I mentioned your, your best place is Instagram. Yes, please. Yes. Instagram. Healthy Hania. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. We are meeting the entrepreneur now and we know the UAE is a serious melting pot for Lots of people who want to come and pursue their dream, start a side hustle. But how can you manage a full-time job alongside giving that dream time and energy to take off? Um, well, let's ask. Emily Roberts is in the studio. She did that um, after founding her very sweet company, Trey Bay, while working full-time as well. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, first of all, I have to say, love a Trey Bake and love the name. Now, anyone who's not familiar with what a Trey Bake is, how do you describe it? 
Do you know what? I think it literally is what it says on the tin. You bake, you bake <laughs> it in a tray. Literally, part, so that, that is what it is. Every single bake is baked in the same dimension, same tin. They're all chocolate-based. Some are oven-baked, some are fridge-baked, um, but it literally is what it says on the tin. Pardon the fun. <laughs> <laughs> you launched back in 2021, so tell us about where your, I don't say love of food began, but when you kind of first thought about having a career in food or even exploring that. So I think for me, I'm very fortunate in the sense of that my day job as a recruiter, I specialise in the food and beverage industry. So I actually recruit in that day to day. So I live and breathe the industry. Um, And my boss, Nikki Wilson, she kind of said to me as soon as I started working with her, gosh, six years ago now, she said it's important for you to specialise in something that you're passionate about. And I have always been a foodie. It's in my family. My mum studied culinary. I've been baking since I can remember. I'm that typical story. Um, And that's kind of where it all began. So I started F&B sector in recruitment in, well, six years ago now. Um, And then I felt there was a gap for a dessert business that specialised in tray bakes. I'm originally from the UK and that is something that is everywhere. I know. They're in the supermarket. I They're in it. every little coffee you can imagine. Little corner bakery in the market square. Yeah, and you know, a rocky road or, you know, like a Maltese slice. All these things that I love at home. Lazy cakes, rice crispy squares covered in chocolate. Everything. We're talking the same language. Everything. Like, they're amazing. Um, and that's something that I felt there was a gap for here. Um, and it started actually from kind of uh, my friend asked me can you bake me a blondie and I was like yeah of course I'll pay you I was like, you're not paying me to you're my friend you're not paying me um, and she said this should be a business like it's amazing and I was like do you know what you're right um, and I actually did start kind of the concept you know in 2020 in the midst of COVID um, I'm fortunate to say that I'm not one of those that unfortunately had salary cuts or anything like that like I was very fortunate to be fully paid during COVID um, but it was something that I had the brain space mm-hmm. to be able to allocate the time to think about it and work on recipes and do development um, and that's kind of where it all began um, yeah and that is, is I mean, now it's you're on Deliveroo yeah. you can order order through there so how now when you start a business you are literally doing it all you're doing you know, HR, PR, you're doing the baking. How has that grown then from, from day one, Emily? Yeah, so the recipes and everything all started from me, of course. Um, it got to the point where I actually reached out to some of my trusted clients, which I actually do class them as mentors as well. Um, you know, they, they operate major um, F&B businesses in the market. And I actually went to both of them individually and took my brand, took some of the bakes with me. And I said, first of all, is it scalable? Mm-hmm. And if so, how do I do it? Um, both of them said, you know, you need to work on a delivery only model. Um, you know, it's not always the best ways to open a coffee shop immediately. I think about rent and... And it's saturated, you know, there is, you know, the coffee industry here is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, so they said it's all about capitalizing on that, being sort of kind of like, you know, captivating those sweet tooth kind of elements and, and people that have those cravings. So it began in that sense. I then, um, went to one of my clients as well for advice. They own one of the biggest cloud kitchen businesses here. Um, he then said, listen, let's partner for a year. Um, wow. Let's get it off the ground. I'm going to help you. Um, he helped me recruit. He helped me build everything from production, procurement, getting me on the platforms. I will be forever grateful for him. Oh, this, yeah, I think that so many people have a dream of, as you say, starting a cafe or, you know, for me, like, you know, having a bookshop, you know, that kind of thing. But when you start to think about what I mean, you know, procurement, recruitment, you know where do you start I know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't and I think that's something that puts an awful lot of people off so mm. to be able to reach out to your kind of contacts and community and really leverage their expertise sounds like it was absolutely invaluable because otherwise you know you'd be in your own kitchen you know not being able to to scale at all so how big's the team now yeah so I'm proud to say it's just two of us now because oh, we're now you. we're now um you know it's just us two making it making a go of it um, we recently got our own space a couple of weeks ago. So I've just kind of moved kitchens now and fully solo. So I am taking on a bit more responsibility, but I think it's the best way to grow. And for me, how I've kind of been successful to where I am today is I just get thrown in the deep end and I kind of deal with it mm-hmm. and, I, and I swim. I don't sink, hopefully. <laughs> um, but that's kind of how I have done, you know, to have been able to grow in recruitment as well as, you know, owning this business. Would you um, do anything differently looking back? Would I do anything differently? Do you not know? Because I actually think that's the best way to learn. I think learning as you go um, and I think having the support that I have in terms of the the peers, um, you know, with, with, with Nikki, my boss, and then also as well, sort of the industry peers that have helped me th- along the way. Um, they were definitely the correct people for me to have support with mm-hmm. and they're still supporting me t- today even. So um, I'll be forever grateful for, for that, you know. Go on, make us hungry. 
<laughs> what are some of the best sellers or even some of your favourites, Emily? Okay, so my personal favourite, I love the Caramel Crispy. So that's Rice Krispies laced in caramel with a milk chocolate and white chocolate topping. Amazing. Oh and I can actually eat four in one sitting, which is really bad. <laughs> and you it's, brought any in? <laughs> um, I actually have. So I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. So And I also as well, um, I've done a blondie with jammy dodgers, which is obviously a biscuit from the UK, which is nostalgic for a lot of people. Because I also think it's important to kind of give that nostalgic element to people, well, especially Brits. Thing, like, yeah. Food is memory. You know, mm, food is. takes you back. You're saying there about learning to bake. That was me. That was me making flapjacks with my grandma in the yeah. kitchen. You know, that was that was us doing doing scones or as you're saying, like going to the, the corner bakery, you know, going to Greg's, you know, and that's, that's it's connection, isn't it? You yeah, know? it is. And I think, um, you know, where I'm at now as well as I feel like I have done very well within sort of the, the British Irish expat knowing what a tray bake is and what a jammy dodger is. And like, I'm at the stage now where I am wanting to reach different demographics and mm. educate them on how amazing tray bakes are and give them, <laughs> the give them those flavours to taste, you know? Literally. Yeah. Um, how does it work then with testing recipes and have you got anything planned coming up? I can't believe this. Halloween and then Christmas. It, how often yeah. do you just kind of swap in and out new things so as i'm now easing into any operation i am hoping to kind of do monthly new recipe development so i'm working on for november now christmas is something that is my favorite time of the year i mean who doesn't love christmas so i'm definitely going to be launching brownie truffles with christmas puddings oh. um gingerbread blondies probably gonna do some something milk cho- mint chocolate um, does your partner get apps and first of all is he diabetic and second of all does he get absolutely <laughs> sick to the back teeth of being like I, I'm like I don't want another jammy dog well the arguments we've had where he's eaten one without permission you will <gasps> you will not believe um, but no and I think that and also the office because the office are my dummies they taste everything Dubai um, stone is real literally when office. I was when I was going commercial and growing it like I was doing five different blondie recipes and everyone had to sample them and, and all of that and again wouldn't be here without them and their oh. uh, great tasting <laughs> what advice would you give to anyone who's listening going I've got a full-time job but I've also got a bit of a bit of a dream yeah I think the best advice to do is you obviously have to check the scalability of it you know do a market analysis is there going to be is it going to be successful which I know is hard to kind of assess initially but it's also hard to separate your dream for what for what actually is feasible you know exactly and asking the right people who aren't going to go do you know what I really love and like you so I'm going to say yes because I want you to be happy yeah exactly and I think you know we're very fortunate to be expats in Dubai where you can you know, have a startup quite easily and quite easily accessible, which mm-hmm. is again, you know, great. Um, but I think that's one thing that I made sure I did first was I made sure there was scalability. I made sure that there was a market gap for it because um, there is a lot of dessert brands. There is, but there's not any that purely do tray bakes only. Um, and that's something that I will always kind of maintain. Um, and I think obviously just make sure that if it's product based, that the product quality is always there. That's mm-hmm. something that I never want to compromise on. Mo is um, saying, as a British expat, I'm offering my service for free of charge as a recipe taster. Okay, well, <laughs> might regret that soon, but I'll be, I'll be sending them monthly then. <laughs> so, and another question saying, saying, sounds delicious, how to order. I mentioned delivery earlier. Can people find you on Instagram and order that way? What do you recommend? Sure. So I have an Instagram handle. So it's DXB, um, And you can order from our website, um, which is also on our Instagram, uh, which is com, And then also we're exclusive to delivery at the moment. Um, and I'm, we, just look, I'm just looking. Are I'm, you? I'm, yeah, I'm just going to have a, I'm just going to run through some of them. Okay, okay please do. <laughs> Low delicious Brownie, OG brownie, cookie bar. The caramel crispy looks amazing. Malteser slice. Woman, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I'm like, I want to be five kilos down by Christmas so I can put it back on at home. That's oh, gone right out of the window. I know, I'm sorry. And I, and I mean, You're I... You're not sorry. I don't mind a bit. Guilty. It looks, Guilty. No, it looks amazing. So treybaydxb.com. Really wonderful, to be honest, to hear... Someone who's come out to Dubai at just 18 years old, you know, made a name for yourself in a full-time job, but really seen the opportunities in yourself but in, in the city to kind of lean into a passion. What's next? The world? What are your dreams for Trebe? Um So Trebe, I think I obviously want to grow. You know, I want to reach more people. Um, I'd like to reach more Emirates. I'm currently only operating in Dubai at the moment. Um, so that's a goal for me. I'd also like to kind of, I want to be in more events. I want to be more, more well-known. Do you know you what would be great? Sorry. Yeah, of course. Um, I, whenever I get, this is such a, like a, boring mum rant whenever I get a birthday cake for my kids we always have like half a cake in the fridge for like a week oh no way would you do like a birthday cake of like you know well you should have it so we actually do our stacks 
So if you go on our website, you can okay. see them. So they're exclusive to the website. Unfortunately, we can't do those in delivery at the moment purely because they would not sustain a bike ride. <laughs> um, but basically, our stacks are 15 of our tray bakes stacked. Um, they're perfect for sharing. And as well, one thing I will say, which is to avoid the cake issue, our brownies can actually freeze really well. They're obviously baked fresh. You can freeze them. Right. So Come January, you're going to be hearing from me. Well done. Honestly, oh, thank, thank you. You've so done, done an amazing job. Lovely to hear another Northeast accent on the radio as well. <laughs> you're a superstar. If anyone does want Emily's details over there at Trey Bay, drop me a little line, 4001. I would very happily send them your way. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. If you are an entrepreneur and want to share your story, uh, small business shout outs, we'd love to hear from you. Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Great to have you with us. And uh, lots of you guessing correctly our mystery movie. Laura, Fatima, Lisa, Leila, all all fellow fans of that lovely one. We are talking travel with Nathan Taylor of Donata Travel between now and four o'clock. We've already had a number of questions asking to pick his uh, well-travelled brains. Everything from Lapland to... Oh, but some kind of cosy festive breaks as well. So if there's anything that's on your mind, you're keen to get a bit of expert advice, this is your chance. Nathan, I was just saying to you off air then that <laughs> we did an escape room last night. Mm. Now, we did one um, that nearly ended in divorce um, a, a few years ago. Last night we did it with another couple. I would recommend going with another couple to offset any potential divorce. Are you a fan of the old escape rooms? I, I love going to escape rooms. I'm newly married, as you know, mm-hmm. in April. Don't, don't do it. Um, pre, pre-marriage, it's too soon. pre-marriage. We have me and my, me and my now wife have done escape rooms before, and it was it's intense, testy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I had a few flashes of genius last mm. night. I would say I, I felt like I came through on a couple of very crucial moments. But they've just sent me a WhatsApp of video footage of us in the escape room. It's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. We're just like us uh, walking around, just like picking up random stuff. It is good fun. It I is. I just get very intense. You so, do, okay, yeah, competitive. Yeah, very competitive. Do you competitive. get bossy? Yeah, very. Oh, gosh. Right, and, and usually in the wrong direction. Oh, dear. Yeah, which is not good. Okay, your poor wife. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, if you've got any other... I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and make this a regular thing. So if you've got any good escape... We went to Escape Hunt last night at Galleria uh, Mall, which is very nice. Um, but yeah, if you've got, if you tried any good ones, I'm quite keen to go on like a grand scale where you're like, mm. oh, I find myself in a, you know, I don't know, a Chinatown. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Think big, it's Dubai. There's got to be a massive one somewhere. Let me know. Right, let's talk travel. As I said, I've got a number of questions for you. I have, I admit, not unfollowed some people on Instagram this week, but I might be skipping past their stories and photos fatter than I Mm -hmm. normally would. The FOMO is real. Feels like a lot of people are away. Yeah, well, a lot of people are away. You have to make you have to make plans, Helen. I tell you this every time I'm on air. I've told you this. I haven't got any holiday left, Nathan. I've got minus <laughs> too many, too many plans. <laughs> too many plans. No, it's uh, yeah. I've got that. The FOMO is real, and yeah. I'll tell you where people are it, it, that I know or people that I'm following. Um, Maldives. Yep. Bali. Yep. A- Asia is absolutely. It's we're seeing an all-time high for for travelers going into Asia at the moment, particularly Bali, particularly Thailand. Um, both of those destinations, you know, they've. They had, we had such a pause on them for mm-hmm. so long. And as beautiful as, as the Maldives are and as Mauritius are, I think people really are craving those types of experiences that you can only get in, in Southeast Asia. So that's what you're, I guess, kind of seeing a bit of a spike in in terms of, of booking. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got a, a long weekend coming up. Um, but before we get to that national, not coming up, it's too far away, the National <laughs> Day weekend. But we are on midterm break. Um, yes. We're off to Rack this weekend for one night only. Um, but is it is it too late to actually kind of head off to another Emirate or even somewhere else around the UAE for this weekend? Absolutely not. It's never too late. Um, you know, it's, like I always say, planning, planning, planning is, is the best way to get a great deal. But we still have some amazing offers available for this weekend. Um, you know, I think if you're going to any of the Emirates, uh, some of the, the smaller Emirates, you know, are, are really a really good option um, at the moment. Um, we've got... A really great new hotel in Fujairah, the Palace Beach Resort, which is uh, one of the new address properties over there. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's boutique or boutique for the UAE. It's 167 <laughs> rooms, so it's it's not too big either. So you kind of have that feel of being in a, a smaller resort and feeling like you're, you know, really out doing something really different and really unique. Um, there's a beautiful spa there, so perfect if you want to get away and you know even take the kids and spend a bit of time on your own getting a. Here's a the spa. question. Yes. Kids Club. 
Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, <laughs> dedicated dedicated kids club, dedicated uh, kids pool as well. Now, this is, I mean, as the name suggests, probably rather palatial. Mm-hmm. Um, are the prices palatial? The prices are really, really, really good. Now, keep in mind, this is a beautiful brand new five-star property in Fajera. We've got a deluxe room city view there with breakfast every day, 525 per adult and only 100 dirhams per child. Ooh. Ooh, all right, okay. Uh, what about closer to home? Anything in, in the Dubai? Yes, of course. Um, we've got a couple of options here. One's a little bit out, outside the box. Um, it's, I think, a little bit of an overlooked gem here in Dubai, and that's Jumeirah Creekside Hotel. Do you know what? It's got great food at that hotel. Awesome, awesome F&B. I was just about to say that. You mm. always, We always end up talking about food, I you know. and I. Um, it's because you're eating brownies in the green room about two minutes ago. <laughs> well, I've, I've got one waiting for me when I'm, when I'm off air. Um, but no, what I, what I love about the Jumeirah Creek side is it straddles like old and new Dubai. Mm. So you feel like you can really take in all of this city and see exactly where it's come from and where it's going. Um, like you said, it's got some incredible restaurants, five restaurants on site. Um, the Latin Rooftop Lounge, Cuba, is really, really great. Um, and because it's a Jumeirah property, you've got access to wild wadi. So, you know, Ooh. it's a really good option, um, even though, you know, some people may, may like I said, overlook it. Um, so we've got the five-star Jumeirah Creekside Hotel, a deluxe room there with breakfast, 260 dirham per adult. Crikey. 50 dirhams per child. Wow. Yeah. Okay, right. Nottotravel.com if you want to get away this weekend. Um, Arsenal's asking about Istanbul, Turkey in November. Any recommendations? Um, And there's no name on this one, but I love it. Saying, National Day weekend recommendation needed. I'd love to take my wife somewhere festive and cosy. Romantic, I suppose. Three or four nights. Not too heavy on the wallet if possible. So we, brackets, she can do some shopping there too. Mystery man. You sound awesome. Is it Nick Nick Farmer? Is is that, <laughs> is that you? Home or away? On afternoons with Helen Farmer, we are spreading our wings, doing some travelling this afternoon. I'm not, as I said, got no holiday left. Nathan Taylor uh, travels for a living, just in a whirlwind tour of the Maldives, and has brought himself back to help us out on the travel front. So from bargains close to home to some far-flung destinations we are helping you out so if you do need his advice get in touch um Arsul is saying i'm going to istanbul um turkey in november any recommendations yes definitely um I love the Rixos Pera in Istanbul. Um, beautiful beautiful resort and great location so right near Taksim Square um which is basically the, the heart of everything you've got a really beautiful art scene around there um You've got the Museum of Modern Art really, really close That's by. A fab it's museum. awesome. Yeah. And it's speaking so of good. food, it's got a great restaurant in yep. there. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. So, yes, good, good, a great <laughs> spot. Um, and again, rooftop views, it seems to be like the theme of the day. Um, but they've got the Era rooftop restaurant, which has beautiful views over the Golden Horn. It's just, ah, it's lovely. It's really, really, really top. Um, so, five star, Rixos Pera, Istanbul. I've got a deluxe double room there, breakfast daily, return economy class flights. 3,420 dirhams per adult and 3,100 dirhams per child. Hey, smashing it. Do you want to hear my recommendation? Take a coat. (laughs) We went in February and my husband had an anorak and had to, we had to go, I mean, we were going to go to the, to the souk anyway. Um, But went to the, went to the the Grand Bazaar and he had, he bought what we still call to this day, about 10 years later, the mashmina, the man's pashmina, because he was so cold. And we did a boat tour um, along the Bosphorus, which was gorgeous. Um, didn't realise there was an inside. So we sat mm. outside for two hours drinking hot chocolate like you're having a nice time. It was really chilly. So just just that's that's my top tip. Also, a mystery man has been in touch um, asking this. Mm-hmm. National Day weekend recommendation needed, please. I would love to take my wife somewhere festive and cosy. Romantic, I suppose. Three or four nights, not too heavy on the wallet if possible. So we, brackets, she can do some shopping there too. Thanks. What a man. What a husband. Yes, great husband, mystery man, good job. Um, you're making us all look bad, but I'm about to make us all look very, very, very good. I'm going to let let the cat out of the bag here. I've got an amazing offer for National Day weekend, going to one of my favourite cities in Europe. Uh, it's going to Prague, uh, which is absolutely beautiful. It's have, in- have us Brits not ruined it? Not, <laughs> well, that area not, in- is where there are not, not entirely. Not entirely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not entirely. Um, it's it's excellent around the festive time as well. It's just so beautiful. Um, the whole town is, if you haven't been to Prague, um, the whole town is very medieval, lots of cobblestones and old buildings and everything like that. So very, very, very romantic. And in terms of hotel, you need to 
Brace yourself for this one. Gosh, okay. So I've got the Four Seasons Hotel in Prague. Oh, yes, mystery the man. Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful five star. Um, I've got a Grand Renaissance room there, including flights. So this is flights, three nights accommodation, breakfast every day in a Grand Renaissance room at the Four Seasons in Prague. 3,825 dirhams per adult. What? Absolutely. Oh, my god. This, this is why you tune in. This is why you're here. You've yeah. earned that. You've earned the brownie. Thank you. All right, Nathan Taylor. Crikey. Okay. Right. It's I'm a gonna, good one. I'm forwarding this to yeah. my not so mystery man, Mr. Farmer. <laughs> we're going to Prague. So I'll see you there, mystery man and wife. We're here to ruin your romantic weekend. Sorry, farms. <laughs> Right, we are going to be talking about some other National Day offers. If you fancy something a little bit warmer, we're going to be talking Zanzibar, Mauritius and the Maldives, uh, plus some city breaks if we can. And a great question from Katrina saying, already thinking about Lapland for 2023, as I've heard it gets booked up. Kids are going to be eight and four. Would welcome any guidance or are we too late for this year? Home or away. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. Home and away, staycations and further flung travelled now with Nathan Taylor of Denard Travel. He's taking your questions as well. And um, we're already already getting us in the festive fields, Nathan. We've had Mystery Man going to Prague, the Four Seasons, for a bargain price. And a really um, good question from from Katrina, actually, saying we're already thinking about Lapland for 2023, as I've heard it gets booked up. Kids will be eight and four then. Would welcome any guidance or is it possible to sneak in this Christmas? It definitely is still possible um, to get in, believe it or not. This is where um, I go, Mum, I've got bad news. We're not coming to England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing Santa instead. It's, look, before, there's some really peak times, right? So sort of the week before Christmas, the week after Christmas, that is really peak for, for this part of the world. So, you know, maybe just keep your expectations, you know, in check with, with those particular dates. But for the most part, you know, from November until March, um, the season is open and it is so beautiful to go to Lapland. We've got an amazing five-day trip that takes in pretty much all the major sites you want to see. So it's flying into Rovaniemi um, in Lapland. You get to go to Santa's village. Um, you get to do a reindeer farm and a reindeer safari. And of course, you get to spend some time with the huskies. Oh. Um, and then every night you've got time to go out and do some uh, some Northern Lights hunting. Um, so, you know, a really once in a lifetime type, tri- type trip. And with kids that age, eight and four, it's the perfect time, you know, they're- The magic's there. Exactly. They're young enough to, to really believe in that magic um, and they're old enough to remember mm-hmm. that they've been there. So, um, you know, I, I really love it. I'm I'm going to Norway, as you know, um, for this Christmas. So I'm doing a very similar thing, just uh, one country over. <laughs> um, but all of that, so we've got the flights, we've got the five-night trip. Uh, it's coming in at 5,800 dirhams per adult. So it's quite good. And if Katrina wants to have, as you say, those kind of peak most desirable times for 2023, are people accepting bookings now? Not not just yet, but it's never too early to start planning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you need to go and think about leave and you need to actually go and speak to one of the Donata travel experts, now's the time to do it because the the offers will be released pretty soon. Um, so, you know, if you're thinking about going for next year, then then now's the right time. Oh, Katrina, keep us posted if you decide to go <laughs> this year. I'm, I'm very jealous indeed. Now, National Day, um, there are some offers. I wish, we, I wish we had a little day, I wish we had a little holiday in I, between. I can't believe it's National Day already. I know, this year. I know. It's just I know. zipped by. It has. We've mm. already touched on um, a couple of a couple of deals. You were talking about the Rixos in Istanbul. Yeah. Um, where Where else can we go? Um, and is it too late? Let's go somewhere... I mentioned Zanzibar before. Let's yeah. go to Zanzibar. What's yeah. there? Zanzibar. We've got the resident Zanzibar, which is so, so, so beautiful. It's five star. It's villa only resort. It's tropical gardens everywhere. It's that really Zanzibar feel. It gives you everything you could possibly expect from, from that beautiful island. We've got three nights there uh, in a luxury garden pool villa with half board. So that's breakfast and dinner every single day. Um, one child up to 11 years old stays free, which is excellent. So you've got return economy class flights, your three nights accommodation in a garden pool villa with breakfast and in a daily, it's 4,110 dirhams per adult and 1,800 dirhams just for the child airfare. Here's a question. If someone's like, oh, that sounds great, but I want to say longer than three nights, how flexible are these? 
Very, very, absolutely. So again, you know, speak to one of the Donata travel experts. They can add nights, they can take nights off. We can do just about everything. You're not set with any of these offers. They're just a guide. Um, As I said, we uh, are choosing to skip past a few friends' Instagram stories and posts (laughs) who are currently in the Maldives. You know who you are. Actually, you're not listening. You're in the Maldives. Um, But what if we want to get some revenge come the beginning of December? Any deals to be had in what is undeniably one of the most popular destinations for UA travellers? Yes. Absolutely. Um, Kurumba in the Maldives is just so, so, so beautiful. Um, it's been around for a long time, but that doesn't mean that it's not absolutely beautiful. Um, white sandy beaches, coconut trees everywhere. It is just, it's just awesome. It is exactly what you picture when you think of the Maldives. Um, again, you know, talking about food, we've got seven restaurants on the island. There's Japanese, Indian, Lebanese cuisine. So really good for you know, a wide variety of different options there. Um, lots of things to see and do, lots of pools, all that stuff. But our offer there is three nights, five-star Karumba Maldives in a superior room with breakfast daily. You've got 20% off, complimentary return speedboat transfers Ooh. and return economy class flights, 6,500 dirhams per adult, 5,100 dirhams per child. You sold me on the speedboat, it's Good, to be honest, because yeah. we, back in the day, before having kids, we went to the Maldives and got seaplanes. And I think things have changed quite considerably in terms of the way things are organised. But we got stuck in a lounge for seven hours watching the mystery movie and the sequel, eating some very sad sandwiches going, we could be on a beach right now. So now we've got kids. I'm like, let's let's get off that plane, get on a speedboat, cut down that travel time. It sounds like though some of the larger resorts have got a really good relationship with the seaplane companies and now that seems to be an awful lot smoother. I know you've just been to Maldives. What, what, was, what was your kind of take on that? <laughs> well, I, I was in the Maldives for work, which sounds a lot more luxurious Boo. it does sound a lot a lot more luxurious than what it is um i saw 10 different properties in four days to, so Ooh. to give you an idea it's, yeah, it was a lot whistle stop it was a lot um and i did four i think i was just telling you actually i did four seaplanes in 48 hours so it was a lot of seaplanes for me we didn't have those long waits like you were saying before it was quite smooth there's a brand new seaplane terminal um at Malay international as well so that really has kicked things up a notch. You know, you've got a beautiful lounge that you can sit in. It, it doesn't feel like it did in the old days. Um, well, not the old days. I shouldn't say the old days. Not that old. Um, oh, I did also didn't like being weighed before getting on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fun. Yeah. I understand it's health and safety, but, you know, on your honeymoon, <laughs> I it would is, imagine it's not the dream. The, the one thing I do love about seaplanes is taking off and landing on water is pretty fun. I, yeah. I, you feel I, like you're on an adventure. Totally. Yeah. And it's absolutely beautiful. And don't, listen, don't get me wrong. I just did not enjoy the seven hours in the lounge watching mm. Steve Martin. That's Dubai problems, isn't it? Oh, I couldn't possibly go to the Maldives I, and do a seaplane. Do, do you think I'm not aware of what I'm saying right <laughs> yeah. now? And Helen, Helen Spearman of, exactly. you know, Northumberland, England 20 years ago would be horrified by me right now. Right. We are. Let's go. Let's do City now. Yeah. So we can squeeze in, I think, two. Okay. What we got? Well, a perennial favourite of mine is Baku in Azerbaijan. I love this place. It's so close. Uh, it's you know just over two hours away, which makes it really easy to get to. Um, it's a beautiful city, great to walk around, some amazing restaurants. There's a Friends Cafe, literally what? styled off of... Stop the, it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Googling it right now. Yeah, you can. Central Perk, it looks exactly the same. Um, they're playing Friends in there all the time as well. <laughs> but we've got um, an incredible offer there. So stay three nights at the four-star Parkside Hotel and Apartments. We've got a standard studio room, breakfast daily, return economy class flights... 3,785 dirhams per person. And that's over National Day. I wasn't listening to any of that because I was marvelling at the photo of Central Perk, Baku. It's incredible. It's it's spot on. That's so strange. There was a Central Perk in Jumeirah back in the day. Um, And then it became a pizza place. And then it became... A French bakery, and now it's a Turkish restaurant. Right, um, but I still think of it as being Central Perk. But this is like an actual recreation. It, we, you know, when you walk past someone, you do like a double take. You're like, well, hang on, what have I just walked past? It's identical. That's so yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just it's just really for, just for my benefit. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Three nights. Um, we got studio, breakfast yep. daily, flights. Um, 3,785. You got it. Yes. You were listening. I was listening. Um, we, do you know what? We, how much time have I got? <laughs> we haven't got time. But we also had on our list um, Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Istanbul, Istanbul we talked about as well. You've got a great deal in, in Mauritius. So hopefully giving everyone a bit of a bit of inspiration for the long weekend ahead. So, so are you going anywhere near or far over the coming uh, weeks and months? Uh, we're not sure yet. We've got 
possible plans to go to Belgium, but we're not not a hundred percent sure. To go yet. eat some waffles. Yeah, good for you. Absolutely. Mules, frites, and waffles. Yes, I'm very excited. I had dinner with some Belgian friends last night, yeah, and right. they brought they brought some fries to the table with ketchup and mayo, oh, and it, it was like the ultimate split. The Brits were like ketchup, Belgians <laughs> were like. Ugh. Mayo all the way. Yep. Um, message here from Laura saying, um, are all these deals available now? Is there a limit time for booking them? Good question. Thanks, Laura. Look, they are all available right now. In terms of limits, I wouldn't wait, um, especially if you want to go over National Day because it is fast approaching and we all know that it's a very popular time to travel um, because we do get those extra couple of days off. So, DonataTravel.com. Nathan, thank you so, so much. Always appreciate your time. And um, we did have a message from Delphine asking about larger hotel rooms because interconnecting rooms are uh, getting crazy expensive. Delphine, that's a really, really good question, especially for larger families around the region. So we're going to revisit this in a future show. Absolutely. Nathan's going to go home and do his homework <laughs> and we're going to get you some great ideas. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe you'll get it direct to your phone as soon as it's out and you can listen to me live on dubai i 103.8 monday to friday between 2 and 5 p.m you've been listening to a dubai i 103.8 podcast to enjoy lots more from dubai i in the united arab emirates just go to dubai i 1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts